the big announcement over last week was that Wizards of the Coast made a the acquisition of D and D Beyond. Uh, that's basically the, it was run by Fandom. Uh, we're going to talk about that. They not only acquired it, but they paid one hundred and forty six point three million dollars for the platform in cash. It's a cash acquisition, which is crazy to think about. Uh, we're going to talk about that, how it's going to affect the future of D&D. Uh, we're also going to talk about what we'd like to see implemented, maybe for some, some new features, maybe some new implementations. We might also talk a little bit about what maybe fandom might do with this cash infusion that they've just acquired all that and more it's episode 143 of the chaotic or 100 141 excuse me of the chaotic good cast Hey everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shute, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. If we made a million dollars per episode, we still wouldn't have as much money as fandom. Just right. let that sink in. It's crazy. It's crazy. Good good for them, though. I mean, we'll talk about a, we'll talk a little bit about it here in a, in a little bit. Uh, artist illustrator of a story comic, the one and only Amanda Call. I no. do not. No. I do not. <laughs> In fact, do story comics. Oh, sorry, sorry, Age of Night. Sorry, Barney's not here. not here. Sorry, I'm used to Barney. I'm so glad that that was. Oh my god! Somebody, somebody clip that. That's gotta. Usually, you stop yourself. I do usually stop myself. He didn't even try this time. I was doing. I was doing a couple different things. Yeah, I was doing a couple of things in the background, and I wasn't realizing what I was saying. It even says I even read Age of Night on the Age screen as as I was saying it, and I still said story comic. That's what happens when when Barney's on for like 120 episodes and then disappears. Uh, upsets know, the right? natural order. Yeah, right, I tell you, I tell you, the artist, illustrator, author of Age of Night, the one and only Amanda Call. That's me. That's right, and of course. Our resident geek of the north, the one and only Jason Hunt. Um, Wizards of the Coast really needs to get better available backgrounds because I usually have a topical background every time. I literally searched for 15 whole minutes for a proper background from Wizards of the Coast and couldn't find a single decent one to use. Well, before we begin on tonight's topic, I want to thank everyone for joining us live. Uh, If you're joining us live, thank you so much. Uh, If you're listening to the audio podcast, you can join us live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, here on the uh, on YouTube, Twitch. uh, Just uh, search for Victory Condition Gaming and follow us uh, wherever you'd like to. uh, There, we greatly appreciate it. Just just Uh, on the internet, though, not not anywhere else. Oh no! You can follow me. I'm I'm going to be at PAX East the next week, so or uh, later this week. So if you want to follow me there, you well, can. okay. When people show up at your front door, Doug, yeah, you, that's true. You'll regret that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I greatly appreciate everybody that is part of our uh, uh, viewing audience and listening. And if you're watching this, uh, hit that like button down below, and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, it helps uh, grow our show. And uh, yeah, I think tonight's topic is, is actually pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, it's it's interesting to see how D and D has grown, and and it's kind of, I guess, this move didn't really surprise me all that much. I, it actually took me a, a little. I'm surprised we didn't hear it sooner. 
and we're going to talk a little bit about yeah. a little bit about that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to uh, dive into this. We'll probably be about we'll try to be about forty minutes tonight, and and uh, talk a little bit about this subject. <laughs> uh, if, oh, are you uh, serious? I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's not that's not a that's not a challenge for you. Uh, challenge. Uh, Jason, uh, if anybody would like to uh, bring up topics uh, for this discussion, we'd, we'd glad to uh, glad to uh, incorporate that into uh, this session. Uh, we greatly appreciate all of the uh, comments and everything that are given while we're live. All right, one hundred and forty-six point three million dollars. That's a lot. Exchange hands between. Wizards of the Coast and fandom. For those of you that, that are viewing this that uh, that aren't familiar with with D and D Beyond, which uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure the majority of folks are, uh, D and D Beyond is the uh, virtual, the online uh, way to play D and D. It's put out by. It was actually run by and developed by fandom, uh, who does uh, the uh, like the wiki fandom wikis and stuff online and they they developed this platform to play DD and it was licensed through wizards of the coast and yeah evidently they were paying royalties to that for a while yeah um it's it's really really interesting that they that they settled on 146.3 million dollars for this platform which yeah. i know the thumbnail says did wizards of the coast pay that money for the future of D&D. And we'll get on to that. Yeah, yes, Amanda. Oh, I just wanted to clarify that uh, fandom did not initially develop D&D Beyond. Curse oh, they did is not. Actually, Curse is actually the ones who initially developed yeah. it, and then fandom took it over, and they developed took, it further yeah. from there. Gotcha. Curse Gaming gotcha. picked it up first. And, and, and I, I've out. made it quite well known that, that I'm a big fan of what fandom is doing in the tabletop business right now. Uh, just like just like where I thought the Free League was five years ago, that they have a lot of room to grow over the next five years. And and I think that fandom is, is one of those companies that, that is up and coming that that uh, I'm really, really digging what they're doing. And if they can make a couple really big steps here in the next couple of years, I think they're going to be a, a major competitor in this, in this, in this market. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for them uh, for this move as well. So uh, I think both parties involved are, may, there's some smart, smart decisions going on here. Um, guys, were, was this any kind of shock to either of any, to either of you three that the, D and D acquired D and D beyond? Oh, ben, and was shocked. I, I I had no idea that D and D Beyond wasn't an actual Wizards product. So when I saw that, when I saw the headline, I'm like, "Why is Hasbro paying Wizards of the Coast money? They own Wizards yeah. of the Coast. What's going on here?" And then I'm right. like, right. Oh. "Yeah, you, you didn't. So you didn't know realize yeah, no. that it was just so licensed it's... from." I, I, I was will, in the exact yeah. same boat, Ben. Oh, I did not wow, realize. I know. <laughs> See, I was under the assumption that everybody kind of, because I have known for a while that it wasn't, it wasn't wizards like it wasn't something that they built that they just licensed it out. So I've never touched D and D Beyond. I've never <gasps> even looked at it. Wow. Part of that is because I get no benefit from it as a as a store. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we we get nothing, literally nothing out of it. And in fact, oh, yeah. it's kind of a competitor um, <laughs> to to what we try to do. So, uh, yeah, shame on me for not knowing that, I guess. But also, like, I have I have a bookshelf behind me, right? That, and, and, uh, that I, I have I, everything. 
See, <laughs> okay, there, there's a couple reasons why I think this was a smart move by, by Wizards of the Coast, and, and let's get into that right now. Um, a, you know, I'm surprised. Like I know everybody was like kind of like there's a large percentage of folks that didn't realize that this was a wizard's actual like produced uh, property or, or or product. It's not a right. It was not right. so like I think that it was smart of them to bring it in house just because you know it's become a rather large part of the brand now mm-hmm. and. Well, I, I read I read an article the other day that that during the pandemic, during the peak pandemic, D and D Beyond accounted for over fifty percent of all D and D sales. And when you think about that, that's crazy to think about because that is indicative to that might not stay where like that might like not that stay where, where where that will be at at that level for the next few years because everybody will be, be be going back for playing in person but that shows you that in the future it could go way back up there and probably exceed there i mean we're, we're already seeing it with magic the gathering where, where people are playing online on their magic arena like so the future is in online play and having digital uh, has, having some sort of digital platform to, to play D. and i know all of us here I know all of us here are like, well, we've got books on our shelves and everything, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not the future of. I, it's going to be shocking to everybody. We're whoa, not. Whoa, whoa. We're whoa, not the future whoa. of D and D. We're whoa. not the future of this industry. We're not. Whoa. We're the present of this industry. And I'll tell you what, I see this all the time in the high school. This younger generation, and I'm going to sound like an old man now. This you younger do. generation right. values digital property they, they value digital like things like books like they'd rather have a pdf than an actual physical book like it's crazy to me that that's, PD- that's... pdfs are easier to cart around exactly you, you don't they have would... the 90 pound dm bag <laughs> <laughs> they view like having a digital asset i'm here thump. <laughs> they view having a digital asset the way we view having books and so it's I'm not surprising... back problems and all <laughs> right it's not surprising to me that Wizards of the Coast is, is realizing this and going, oh, you know what? In another 20 years, what space are we going to need to be in? We're going to need to make sure that we're in this digital, uh, you know, in, we're going to make sure that we have the majority of our digital content. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that was super smart just because, you know, we know that D&D just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And do they really want to be forking over 50, 60, 70% of their sales to another company even five years down the road? They don't. They don't. They'd rather just give them, here you go. Here's I'm your money. I'm surprised they got them for give as cheap this. as they did. Uh, as che- I mean, 146.3 million is a lot of money, Jason. That's a know, lot of money. Looking towards the but future of like, where it's going to go. Like, that's like three years of D&D sales, though. But here, but here, so here, if you can recover that within five, you're already making a very good investment. So, yeah. He, he, oh yeah, you definitely. This is this is definitely something that they're, they'll make they'll make their money back in, in in a few years. But here's the thing that that I love for fandom. Fandom already has the structure in place, and they've already put their the the steps. They've already put their platform online. 
because you can play Cortex, you can play Tales of Zadia or whatever. All these different, all these different Cortex games, which I love, I think is great. <clears throat> if if you if you haven't seen these digital books on their websites that you can buy, they're just amazing. They're they're one of the top. Like if you're familiar with D and D Beyond, you're going to be able to f- be able to get through these these Cortex books just just like you would if you, you were in D and D Beyond. It's great mobile implement implementation like ah, they've already established their part in the industry plus the other thing is that winners wizards of the coast doesn't want to give their competition money every every quarter or every year as well to help them build up their brand they'd rather yeah. just go here's some money go spend it and i'm excited to see what what phantom does with this money because they're gonna there's gonna do some they're I, I seriously think that they're going to take that money and just keep building out and, and uh, make their platform even better um, so that it will, com- you know, compete with, will it ever be as no big as D&D? Now. Yeah. <laughs> will it be as, as big as D&D? Probably not, but it, it will no, be one of the major competitors in, in the industry. Not a chance. Will it ever be as close to as big as D&D? Not a chance. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see what, see what they do. Uh, Yeah. I don't know where, where else were. What else was I going to say about this? I forget. I don't know. Um, you were kind of starting to froth at the mouth a bit. I'm excited. I, I, I am... For those of you who are listening to the podcast, Doug has not stopped gesturing since he started talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that D and D, now that Wizards owns D and D Beyond, I'm not all that familiar with D and D Beyond. I've played it. I've played with it a few times just to kind of get the the gist of it, just kind of see how how it all works. What would we like to see? How, what would we like to see Wizards implement with their product to make it even better? What, Jason, you, you've played with D&D Beyond a little bit more than I think any of, any of the rest of us. What would you like to see for improvements? What would you like to see as like a feature that, that, that they could add? Because I can think of one right off the top of my head that, that, that fandom already does with their platform. The first thing that they need to do is start giving people an ability to buy a physical book and enter a code and get the dang PDF. There is literally no reason to not do that any longer. And, 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 and you know what? You know what? I know why Ben's laughing because they're oh, not going to do that. Watsy will never no, do that. They no, never. they'll never do they that. They want you to buy the book. It's something twice. they should do. Right. Yeah, well, because they have I know, no problem still, selling it now. They have no problem selling yeah, it twice. That's now. the issue. Well, I'm like I buy occasional physical books now because Not honestly, yet. the digital implementation is more useful to me because that's where all my gaming is right now. But that is the right. only reason. If I was sitting at a table with people, D and D Beyond is of almost zero value to me. I would almost never use it. I'm not going to manage my character on an iPad when I can have a sheets in front of me on a table. So they need to incentivize people to pick up the digital stuff for when, like, once everything's done with lockdowns and restrictions and people are back comfortable playing at home again. I know a lot of people will stick with online because they've developed long-distance games. But when people go back to playing in actual tables, people are going to want to buy the physical books again. So they need to balance that out. So Vanderbeast has a, has a great uh, a great comment here uh, on our Twitch channel. Uh, it says, I, I think we'll see more and more groups playing in person with laptops and tablets with a connection to D&D Beyond. And I think that that is very, very true. I, I think you're, I think you you're seeing... You know what the problem is with that? What's that? The dice rolling on D&D Beyond is 
garbage. See, rolling those dice on your screen is garbage. I've tried no it with. One wants to do it. But, but the math rocks. <laughs> we want. We want the clickety clackety. Oh, I Not some of us. Not some, Not this younger. Clickety, not this young clickety, generation. Clickety clackety. I'm. I'm pretty sure that the younger generation is still buying they, a crap. They are buying. Fancy dice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that, like, if they can get it, all, they, they may very well it. like. They may very well like to have stuff on, on digitally and everything else, but that that does not apply to math rocks. Does not apply to math rocks. See, I've I've tried. I've used my iPad many times just because uh, I have I have a, a regular game that I play. Well, not not so regular right now because we got bumped a couple of times. But um, when I play my regular biweekly game of D and tried once using my iPad as the interface for mm -hmm. everything as we play on Foundry. So I can, and there's lots of cool extensions for Foundry so I can extend my D&D Beyond straight to the virtual table there. The rolling is slower. The searching is abysmally bad. The character modifications touching your screen and all that to modify things is better on a cell phone than it is, branding by the way. No. Um, it's better on the cell phone than it is on the tablet or like oh, on any kind of a tablet. It is hot terrible. garbage on a tablet. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, are, are saying that they don't like uh, the dice rolling on uh, digital dice uh, di rolling is not random dice nice number only, generators and all that. The only, the only thing I like the, about it. Go ahead, Amanda. <laughs> the only digital dice roller I have ever enjoyed was the tabletop simulator one because they actually, it, it was like a physics-based 3D mm -hmm. die where you threw I've, I've it at the it. table <laughs> yeah. and it actually like bounces around and then yeah. lands on a number. It's not a random number generator. It's a polygon yeah. and it bounces around. And yeah, obviously it's still dictated by like programming and everything, but you can actually like change where you throw it and how fast you throw it. So you feel like you have some interaction with it. A little this. bit of control. Yeah. Even if not control, you feel like you have influence. Whereas when you just yeah. click a button that says roll, you do not feel like you have any influence because you, you don't. Don't know. And the digital <laughs> dice on D&D Beyond, as cool as they are, because I'm a subscriber. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've, 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 I've bought into D&D Beyond. I'm a subscriber, so I get the digital dice when they come out for, uh, for subscriber perks and stuff like that. The only thing, the only thing the digital dice are, is kind of neat looking. Occasionally, a lot of the times they're garbage. Like, no, I, don't, I should stop saying garbage. They just don't look good. Like they came out with one that was that was supposed to be potion bottles. So all of the dice look like these gobbly, weird, silly little potion bottles. And the there's only they came out with a set of recently for I think it was for Halloween called the Sanguine Dice Set, which was all blood based. And when you rolled them on the table, instead of going clack, 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 they went like squish, splorch, blotch, bloop, like as if they were soggy and covered in toilet paper or something. Delicious. That I thought was kind of funny for a few minutes. But after that, I was just like, I never want to see oh, these dice again. No, <laughs> I don't so, like that. <laughs> so J Jason's Jason's suggestion about uh, getting a digital, when you buy a physical book, you get the digital product as well. That's something that, that I really think that, that I mean, table... Tabletop. They should, uh, but they've proven that they don't need to. Fandom, That's the problem. Fandom they tabletop does that, don't. right? They, they, they they're not going to do that because they, they they'll go away from that because they they've already yeah. got two. They, they can sell both products hand in hand anyway. Yeah. Guess I, which you, other company that wants you to spend way too much money already <laughs> does that? Yeah. Guess which yeah. other company that is literally exists to just eat all your money and yeah. does that and, and gives and you free PDFs. I, I covered. 
I covered I covered the I covered the code because apparently my husband hasn't used it yet, so he doesn't right. want anyone to oh, snipe. Oh, if you could just peel that back a little bit, we'll no! <laughs> <laughs> I but don't have that codex yet. <laughs> it's a uh, but uh, yeah, it's pretty remarkable that uh, game that Games Workshop, who literally only exists yeah. to churn out content in order to get more money out of you, it's, like their games yeah. barely function, but they they're not even shy about it. <laughs> they're not even shy about it. Hey, we're releasing this army again. And there's new yeah. models for perfectly good existing units because you know you want to yep. buy them again, and they're willing to give you a free PDF. Although yeah. currently it only works on their app, which is terrible. Um, so. Oh yeah, I know it's it's it is kind of horrifyingly bad. Like D and D Beyond is the gold standard when it comes to implementation of these apps. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, when I use it on my desktop, if I need to search for something, it's two seconds and I've got it on my screen. Like there's lots of cool functionality there. But it's just at, at, in a tabletop, an actual tabletop setting, I would n I would never bring my iPad to the table for that. I would use it for maybe a, a searchable reference tool, but I would never use it for character management, for dice rolling, as a replacement for any of that stuff. Uh, Patty says, I think Doug is overestimating uh, Phantom slash Cortex. How much of the Cortex online tools are built on Beyond? How many uh, staff stay on Phantom, at Phantom or go to Wizards of the Coast? Are the Cortex online tools public now? This, so... That's uh, some great questions. Uh, I yeah. I don't know. I know that the uh, the 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 like. So I backed the Cortex uh, RPG, and because of the fact that I backed the Cortex RPG uh, a few years ago, that automatically gave me the uh, online rulebook for their website. And when you buy a book on their website, whenever you buy a physical book or you buy the di rulebook digitally, it just the, the rule book is the D&D or the, the Cortex Online or whatever it is. I don't know what they call it, uh, uh, whatever platform they, they call it. I, I don't think I think they've, they've made a couple different they've made a couple different websites for Cortex and then one for Tales of Zadia. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to be doing them for for all the uh, the various RPG books that they that they put out. Um, so far, they've been they've been it's pretty much the same template as as what D and D Beyond uses. Um, of course, it doesn't have as much content, but it like it highlights words, and you just click on that words, it brings it right to it. As dice roller, it has all those things. That, like I don't think that the, anything from those websites are built into D and D Beyond. I think that that's just the the template that they use for their for their uh, for their Based. various platforms well, it, yeah, yeah. It depends on what their what their deal involves too like um, yeah i i'd actually be really curious about some of the particulars of and that's probably why i mean the acquisition hasn't actually gone completely through yet and they're probably hashing a lot of this kind of stuff out right and i think and i would be curious i'm primarily curious about like the staff situation like are these yeah, people still going to be employed by fandom? Are they going to be employed by Watsi? Are they going to just like let these people go? Are they going to hire new people in? Like, it, does it's... fandom all exist in one office and now it's going to be real awkward? Like, I'm really curious about how that's <laughs> no, going to work I, I behind too. the yeah, scenes. Funny. I would like <laughs> to hear how that all plays out. I would wager that the sale is for the software yep. and they may hire one developer or two right. developers into uh in, in into the the wizard's umbrella they previously when they've grabbed ips they do not take staff with them yeah, um, and, but that's, they don't because they don't thing. they don't want they don't want the previous vision they want their their vision 
and that totally makes sense to me but the thing with something like this that's uh the thing with a a very well functioning website is that you have a team of people who know what the hell they're doing mm -hmm. constantly making sure that it is functioning that's true and so if those people don't make transition then uh we may have some you're, you're rough hoping days that your ahead people on gg beyond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to right, shed right. a little Before light i'm saying so we broke something <laughs> to shed a little light on on hasbro and, and watsi digital there are bugs on the magic online client that have been going on for three years now no. and are not fixed no <laughs> these are yeah. game impacting oh, yeah. oh. rules impacting bugs that oh, have not been fixed. That's I I am worried <laughs> that the experience people have had with D&D Beyond pre Hasbro is not going to be the experience that they will have post Hasbro. And I think that is a very real concern that users of the the platform should have and should be pretty vocal with Watsi about. So I, I think the one thing that this kind of maybe settles a little bit more is the fact that remember like a few months ago, there was like this call to like separate Wizards of the Coast as its own like entity. Isn't that, mm -hmm. wasn't there like some sort of demand that like they got the board was, together and they wanted to get everybody into the yeah. same, like, they're like, there Hey, let's break of, off. We're the most popular, uh, most profitable yeah. part of this company. We should be, make our own, our own entity. Yeah. A small, uh, small group of shareholders wanted to split a uh, spin, uh, Wizards of the Coast off from the overall Hasbro umbrella, essentially make it two separate businesses, which would still be owned by the people who own Hasbro, but it would be a separate business. It was, it was, Different it was weird. Like, then. yeah, like they didn't want it to sell, but they didn't want it to be a subsidiary of. Um, yeah, you don't want somebody from Hasbro's executive board wandering in the room and saying, that looks stupid, get it out of here, when it's yeah. got nothing to do with anything they don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was turned down, uh, ultimately, uh, a couple weeks ago um, by the Hasbro board. So I, I think this might be some of the... I don't... I don't it's hard to say how, that, how this decision, like... I, I honestly that... don't think they were related at all. No, well, I think yeah. it was kind of just to, to bring it all into in house. Be like, hey, you know what? We we realize that a large a lot of our our profitability going forward is yeah. uh, is is e commerce, and what's really been and that that's Patty's been stated by by Wizards during the the earnings call earlier this year. They they feel that they will be growing their online, their digital only presence. Um, and in fact, last year, the rebranding of Wizards of the Coast to be more just Wizards, Wizards. Uh, is partly so that they can brand it as a digital uh, and gaming imprint right. um, and, and hopefully move it forward uh, out of its uh, uh, you know traditional pen and paper tabletop stack of cards that it's been previously. Does anybody on this? I, I forgot to ask this one to start out. Does anybody on this panel think that this was a bad move by Wizards? No. I don't. Uh, I don't it's I don't a think good it move bad, for Wizards. Yeah. I, don't I think, think it's a, a bad move for mm. some aspects of gaming. 
Yeah. So, well, or rather, yeah. we'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> the, the, I'm the not one... necessarily optimistic. I'm not necessarily pessimistic either. I'm just kind of like, eh, we'll see how this goes. The one thing that the one negative thing that I have to say about this is is the timing. It's too bad that it took COVID and the pandemic for Wizards to realize the value in D and D Beyond. Like if they had well, made COVID this, if really they highlighted the value. That's the thing. I, I know, but but they should have realized it to to begin with. Like if if they had if they had tried to acquire this D and D Beyond, two thousand nineteen. I don't think they'd be they'd be dishing out 146.3 million. Well, no, I mean, not. we we also have to look at the fact that fandom only got it at the very end of 2018. Right. Like it it's been only developed by fandom for, you know, less than exactly. less than 4 years at this point. Um so like I don't think that the timeline is necessarily off. I'm not even sure the COVID pandemic necessarily sped up their timeline of purchasing this i think this is just it was inevitable that a highly successful digital implementation of their physical products would eventually be purchased i i don't i don't yeah. necessarily think the pandemic had anything to do with with speeding up or or well, I mean, uh, what, pushing when, it when forward over 50 percent of your sales are it Just definitely online. you have to kind of go oh wait a minute sure we need to address this maybe we sure. should own the digital reseller yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean absolutely i i think that made them sit up and probably um maybe up their timeline a little bit yeah but even going back uh two years with with like the state of dnd announcements that they made uh they've they've been committed to releasing these these digital products through D&D Beyond, even when they weren't, at least I would have to assume, they weren't planning on buying D&D Beyond at that point. Um, so Two years ago, I, honestly, D&D Beyond was half as good as it is now. Yeah. It it's seen a lot of improvements in the last two years. So I, yeah, like Ben's right. Two years ago, it wasn't an issue. I think, I think if anything, fandom deserves a lot of credit for staying on top of it and improving mm -hmm. it and constantly getting it to the point where D&D said, okay, we have to buy this now. Absolutely. And uh, so, and I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't think that's necessarily due to the pandemic, but props to fandom for making sure that they were constantly improving a product that they could have just sat on. D&D is popular enough that they could have gotten it to a functional point and said, it's good. We're not going to mess anymore. And, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they Patty didn't. Said Patty says they made a D and D online tools two times in the past. D and D Insider and Gleemax both failed. Yeah, Insider was basically just Digital Dragon Magazine. They had mm -hmm. lots of lofty goals, but that's all that ever really came of it. And Gleemax was just a. Bleh. It reminds me of like Betamax. Like this just sounds yeah. like from Honestly, a different yeah. era. A, ter a terrible name for a terrible product. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think it was actually picked. Because it was a, a, a magic in joke in one of their unsets, uh, so it, it didn't. It's like it wasn't even really yeah. tied to D and D. Only tangentially. Yeah. That's what happens uh, when you leave a group of nerds in a room and tell them to come up with a name for something. I could be wrong in that, but <laughs> I, I know it was a magic reference. card. So, so uh, I don't know, if, Doug, if you can pull up uh, Jason Bratley's comment from a little bit. 
back where uh, he said, I think wizards have a plan and we don't know it fully yet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, for sure. There's stuff that they almost certainly have that they want to do with this. They, it would be silly for them to have purchased it without having some kind of plan, without integrating Mm -hmm. it into their plan going forward. I, the thing that I think (laughs) is interesting about this timing wise and the thing that I'm, that as, as someone who works with a lot of small RPG publishers who have taken great advantage of um, the OGL. One of the things that we've all been speculating for a while is like, okay, well, fifth edition has been very popular and has done very well and has been an OGL product, but that's what happened with three, five. And then fourth edition uh, was not. What was that again? Fourth what now? I don't remember. Yeah. An <laughs> and so, and so there's kind of I, been a, a little bit of speculation of like, are we going to go back to another edition that is not OGL? And is this a part of that strategy of wanting to have greater control over their property for the next edition? Well, that was that was one of the topics that I had written down for for this uh, this session was uh, how does this impact? It could be like the Star Trek movies where there's like a good one, a bad one, a good one, a bad one, a bad one. A bad one. <laughs> how, how does this in fact impact yes. the brand going going forward? With because they know that this, and I think someone even mentioned it in this in in the chat that that the D and D Beyond is not going to support. 5.5 or whatever this new edition of 5e is going to be going forward which is kind of uh, kind of inter- an interesting choice um and it will be interesting to see because because jason f- correct me if i'm wrong but when they do a release for a book doesn't the D beyond product also release kind of at the same time or yeah, is it fairly soon day. yeah so it'll be interesting yeah. to sometimes see sometimes it's a little bit during- later depending on implementation during the pandemic, uh, a couple right. of books released months before, before the physical because they mm-hmm. had it all done, and it was just the logistics of moving pounds of paper around. Exactly, yeah, it was easier to just push go and stuck then on a ship. shipping container somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to impact everything because now you've got two people in ha- or you know you have two groups probably in house that are you're going to have to get on the same page whereas i'm sure previously you were just like okay here's fandom here's all the information you just all pro- program it this is the date that we want to well i, I don't know i think already, I, I, I mean sure it's probably you know when they're the creating thing, these books they're all done digitally first they're not right, a physical right, right, thing right, right, first right. so it's so easy to just say okay we have a template now we have a formula now they have all of the all of the importability there. So we just send them the PDF or whatever we've worked on. They hit a button, import it all, make sure all the arts were right, make sure that everything's situated correctly. And then it's just published now. So it's, it's a formulaic thing for them at this point. Yeah. I, I'll be interesting to see if they, if they can keep the same schedule, if, if that gets impacted at all. Um, My concern but, is the third party people. That's what worries me. What, what about third party people? There are so many people that have Patreons and other crowdfunding systems set up that use D&D Beyond because D&D Beyond, because it's all OGL, um, they allow people to draw information out of D&D Beyond into their virtual tabletop systems. So if this is a precursor to them picking a system, a tabletop, what's going to happen if they then say, hey, you know, we've decided to go with Roll20. So all you Foundry guys like myself are just sol and have to go figure out a new way to do things because 
a lot of the functionality that I get and a lot of the fun uh, for me with virtual tabletops like Foundry is I support a few Patreons. I have access to all of my content from all of my books. I just hit import. It brings it all over. I can drop a token of a monster right with the artwork from the monster manual already on it, right onto my tabletop. It brings up the stat block and the monster stuff. I like I hit roll. I they do people do damage. I hit apply damage. It's all automated. <laughs> so here, here's my question. Is this just the first step of them creating their own virtual tabletop platform? I don't think they're going to create their own. I think they're going to pick up one of the existing ones. If they try to create their yeah. own, that's a lot of legwork behind the scenes. Yeah. With, and then you've got to deal with servers and stuff like that. Like that's The reason why I personally picked Foundry is because I own the data tool now. I'm not licensing it from anybody. If Foundry goes bankrupt tomorrow, I still have all of that information that I can put on a server that I can have people log into and we can just continue playing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Patty says, sorry, the 5.5 comment was me, but I was being hypothetical. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So, so, well, I mean, we don't know, but that's just the thing is we don't know what they're going to do with the next edition or half edition or whatever, whatever else right. you want to call it. Like, we don't know. And I do think that it's con like it has because we've seen this before. We've seen this happen before is that it is concerning for people who use the OGL functionality of D&D &D yeah. or uh, attach their livelihoods to it <laughs> that. <laughs> that yeah. That that might be going away with the next edition because that I, is oh. a thing that has happened before. I would be very surprised reading the industry that wizards would get rid of OGL with uh, with a with a sixth edition of the game um, for as little impact as it actually affects wizards. It definitely keeps people talking about wizards yeah. and and D and D. More than if they were to just say, no. I mean, yeah. we, it helps drive seen, people to them. We, I, we've, and seen, I, we've seen when it, when it doesn't share editions uh, and when OGL doesn't exist, people's interest in D&D goes down. Mm -hmm. um, it, it definitely does because people are producing so much roleplay content um, that... If they can't use the most popular system, they'll use another system, and that system's popularity goes up. Uh, and you see a little bit of depression with D and D. Is it enough to kill a game? Probably never again. Um, as much hate as Fourth Edition gets, it was a fine system. Um, it definitely was marketed poorly. <laughs> that face, <laughs> but. Uh, it, and, and we can go into a whole tangent on fourth edition. I actually didn't <laughs> mind it, um, but I think it was marketed poorly. It was what? marketed as the MMO <laughs> when it wasn't an MMO. It was a role play system, and they should have continued to lean into that. So, so, uh, so my my thing is Ben that I I agree with you that I think it would be a bad move, and I think it wouldn't actually make sense from an like an RPG community and marketing standpoint. But <laughs> I also think that trying to get a room full of board members and shareholders who d maybe don't understand things about the actual tabletop gaming industry oh, and sure. community and only see well, these dollars are going to other publishers and they should only go to us. Uh, that's where you run into some trouble. 
is to- that sometimes, totally understand, yeah. sometimes these decisions are made by people who don't understand the community and don't really care either. Like they just very much so, yeah. They're making the Hasbro dollars and they don't care why or how they're they're gonna follow their traditional business path of like, no, all the dollars should come to us. No one else gets the dollars. <laughs> well, and, and that's exactly why they bought D Beyond because of the fact right. that you know, that's uh, lends credence to my concern. <laughs> I do think that, that that it was smart for them to 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 pick this up. I think this is this. It's definitely the future of, of the game. You know, twenty years from now, that's the majority of players are going to be playing with a digital rule set. They're going to be playing online somehow. That that's that's my my uh, my prediction. I, I don't think that that's. I think all the data suggests, all the trends suggest that that's the way it's going to go. So it makes sense. Yes, pay them one hundred and forty six point three million, and uh, and then that way you're solidifying it. As long as you put it. I have a hard time thinking they're going to pay that much money and then just kind of just like screw it up. But you never one know. one I thing not. I one thing I think you might actually see with D and D Beyond being owned by Hasbro now is you'll actually see the digital offerings of these books decrease in price because right now you're basically paying the same as the oh, physical yeah, copy. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of that I think was due to the fact of licensing. You had to pay licensing yeah, yep. you had to pay the licensing stuff. Um, now that it's all in house, and especially if they want to get people to double dip in both physical and paper, and believe me, they would love to sell a book twice to someone. In fact, they'd love to sell a book three times, what with the <laughs> hobby game store alternate covers, the regular versions, and then the digital. <laughs> right. uh, if they reduce those PDF copies to $25, then they will get people that will buy a digital version and a physical version. They. It, people will easily. So here's here's my prediction on what what I would do if if I were Wizards of the Coast. I would, and I know that they've already done this before with some of their products. I would make as many different entry level products as possible. Whether it's the starter set, we've already seen a starter set. We've seen an essential set. We've seen what else? Uh, there's a. Uh, there's the the Stranger Things starter Stranger set. Things like uh, there's the new starter set that's going to be releasing later new, right. later on. All all of those products the 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 people just buy to get oh okay well I'm going to start you give that to people for free in D and D Beyond and you hook them in that way and that's just going to keep people buying it in both the physical and the digital. From, from then on forward. Now, it might not get everybody, but you're going to get a lot of folks. And I know they've already done that with some of their, their entry-level products, but I would do that with, I would find three or four different entry-level products and just throw free D&D Beyond content in it. And there you go. It's all about customer acquisition when you have a digital format. I'm just saying, just saying. That's just the business side of my brain. I, I feel like we've been transported to a sales meeting. I'm just saying. All about customer acquisition. You pay 156.3 million. You better believe they're looking at customer acquisition. Feel like I need to buy a timeshare from Doug now. (laughs) Seriously, he's given us us the the sales meeting. But yeah, it's it's turning into a pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to sell your essential oils, Doug. But if but. (laughs) 
But counter to that, Doug, I don't think customer acquisition is a problem for them. They well, have they they did how much? It was fifty percent of all D and D sales was D and D Beyond. Exactly. Like I that's, would, I would that's love not to, a customer acquisition problem. But here's the, here's the thing, Ben. I would love to know how many were were new new customers. I would love to know how many how much of those sales were just like people that just opened the open accounts and just bought the Horham book and like the the few products that you probably need to start start up and running. I think that if you want to grow that platform even bigger than what you've already got, that's the way you do it. I'm not saying that they're not doing a good job and I'm not saying that they're not doing a bad, they're not already acquiring users. They are because they, they paid $146.3 million. I've said it, I don't know how many times, <laughs> but how do you, how do you make that $146.3 million Audience. worth there it? Will be, there will be a quiz at the end for the exact dollar amount. Exactly. You acquire more and more users for that platform in order to make it worth your money. And that's the way you're going to do it. It's because it's no matter what, no matter what, Ben, to bring people onto your platform, it costs that company money. Whether mm -hmm. it's advertising sure. somewhere, you so they're already buying your product in, in, in an entry-level product. So you give them a free code and let them get it for the, the digital product, let them try it out, and then you just keep pulling them in further and further in. Anyway. It literally makes me physically a little bit ill when you call it an entry-level product. <laughs> oh, my God. Redu it's reducing my favorite beast. game of all my favorite hobby no. of all time okay. to entry level product is so, just right? oh I want to punch you right now. So I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, okay. so I'm talking about like Jason, a starter. That's how I feel when someone calls me a content creator. I'm like, oh no no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so entry level product is like a starter set. It's something something small to get you started. To you know, I, I'm not saying that like. <laughs> Sounds like drugs. It's making it sound like drugs, Doug. Here, take this free. little tiny thing. Exactly, Ben. <laughs> but that's 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 what they should do. And it wasn't I mean, if, feel free to use that if you want to use that. They and, they've, oh, they've done the, their marketing's probably already done that. Yeah, they've <laughs> done they've done the first hit is free and magic quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. quite they're, they're gonna lot. they're yes, gonna do that again. Yeah. So here's if, my if question. they do nothing but release their existing content for the next uh year, full year on D, D beyond they will more than make back their entire purchase amount oh, yeah. and they'll be even dead even if not higher already yeah, so there's I, there's no chance that there's this is a mistake for them it's no chance it's a bad move it's just it's strictly going to make them money yeah oh absolutely absolutely so my question is we'll, we'll get a few more minutes and we'll wrap it up now that fandom has 146.3 million dollars in cash cash money cash dollar bills what do they do with it i run. think run. no they don't the run. <laughs> i i think i think what they do and maybe i think they go after a few more big ips and they they invest in their platform oh of course Wait, they'll what, probably fandom? keep some what's that you mean you want you think fandom is going to go after some ips Oh, yes. That's what Doug's saying. With their money. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think that that's what they do with some of that $146 million. I'd love to see them get... I think they're going to blow a lot of it on Cortex stuff that they don't need to. 
But yeah, I think I could see them trying to. Uh, well, I, I think they'll build out well. their platform a little bit more. I think they'll make it a little more robust. I think they're, they're going to get caught up in, in in pumping money into Cortex that probably won't be a great return on investment in the long run. But I could see them doing it. Like Patty's comment, squander it. No, I don't think they'll squander <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I, just love the, I, I just love they the will scandalized tone of that comment. Squander yep. it. <laughs> they, they will a little bit, I guarantee you. When you give somebody $146 million in cash, they're going to go buy at least one foolish thing. certainly Well, it's a company. Yeah, anybody would. It doesn't matter. They're going to share it out to the people who are the core of the company. Like... Not mm. like they're all gonna get huge bonuses. They're mm. all gonna go home. They're everyone's mm. gonna buy something silly when they've got money. Like everybody's got a personal a, a, a personal jet that they're taking the conventions. No, the like office. not something like that. But yeah, like they'll they'll buy the. Everybody's always got their eye on that one thing that they would buy if they had like twelve thousand dollars of silly money. You take a trip to Egypt for a month or whatever. Who knows? Like they're gonna do that with some of it. You know they will. Oh, possibly, possibly. I I, I it. What it does for me is it reinforces the fact that Fandom Tabletop is a company to keep an eye on for the next few mm. years. Just because ne- they've been building, they've you know been building they out. To watch though, they built. We need wait. to watch the guys at Curse Gaming. No. So what they did, Jason, was they build up D and D Beyond. So they've got the reputation. They built up Cortex. They've they already built have up the reputation. Tail- tail- Tales of Zadia. They've got all the, they, they now have the, the, the Masters of the Universe role playing game. Like they've got the cred now. They've got the cred. Now they've got the dollars behind them as well. So watch out. 146 million isn't as much as you think it is. I don't think. 146.3 million dollars just in cash. Like no stock options. Why does it matter if it's in cash? Could be in peanuts. Well, but, Who cares? You, know, you know why it matters that it's in cash <laughs> is because they're gonna send a huge chunk of that to the IRS. That's yeah, <laughs> why <laughs> it matters that it's in cash. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, fandom tabletop, watch out for them. I'm excited to see what they do. I'm I'm you all know that I'm not a huge 5e player, so I this mm. this move isn't all that exciting for me. Other than the fact that the, the the dollars and cents of it, like the business side of me goes, oh yeah, this was a su- super smart move by by Wizards. They probably should have done it a, a few years ago, just because now they probably could have saved themselves a few million. But holy smoke, Phantom Tabletop, let's let's you see what the, you can, let's the, see what you can bring to the table because I'm excited for you. You know what worries me about the whole the whole thing now that they have um, Cortex, they're releasing all these IPs. Like Master of the Universe, uh, GI yep. Joe, and I think Transformers is eventually going to be Cortex no, as well. Transformers is, is, is Renegade. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, but anyway, they've got all these Saturday morning cartoon things that Dragon only Prince. people, yeah, only people like medium age and upwards care about two thirds of their content right now. Like Master of the Universe, I'm sorry, Doug. As much as you love the thing, isn't going to oh, go yeah, far. Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely all, it's like not. there's a certain there's and a certain demographic. For it, but that's what I'm saying. I, they're they're going to no be able one to in go my out. gaming community other than you knows even what Tales of Zadia is. I don't. Yeah. To be honest with you, I know what Tales of Zadia okay. is because I have oh, young sorry. children. Okay, and Amanda. Because <laughs> so, I have young children, and it's a show that's aimed for younger children that it's based off of. So that's actually good because that's that's your younger, your future demographic, exactly. your younger kids that are getting into it. Yeah. I, I'll i be honest with you that I bought the Tales of Zadia book 
online because you get the free digital tool set because that's exactly what they they do that's why i love court that's why i love table uh fandom because you get both of the you get the digital and the, the physical um i bought the, the 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 i pre-ordered the book just so that i could see the online implementation of of this rule book Mm. on their web on the website just because it, it is so good because it's very much like D, but i wanted to see what it was like and i and i actually i had no experience with with the dragon with dragon prince or any of that like but because i got to like kind of like read through and, and see how they, they presented it online it made me interested in it because i think oh yeah that would be a pretty cool world to role play in it's not something i'd go to every day but yeah it would be pretty neat uh, yeah, and, and if they can do that with a really substantial IP, uh, that'll be the mm. thing. If they can get a genuinely substantial IP, I don't even know what it might be at this point, honestly. I don't but know. But they, be on the they need that. They need the killer app thing. I I think, and yep. hopefully fandom's listening. They can credit me for this with a small little bit of that one hundred forty six point three million dollars. Genshin Impact. Mm. Get that. Get that IP. I don't know what that Rick is. Has no idea. Do it. <laughs> I know it it's it's, it's, space. He's, it, he's like, a what now? <laughs> it is like the most popular free to play online role play Japanese role play game out there. Turn that right. into a tabletop that, with yeah. digital online implementation. I, I, I think, think you can go big far with that. He's yeah, Ben's right. Ben's right. They what there, so much has been overdone with the traditional, I guess, air quotes, um, role playing styles, like the typical fantasy world with the typical fantasy classes, with a few twists, they change the names of, of the religions or the whatever they call spell casting is like frubles instead of spells or whatever. But it's still basically the same mechanics all the time. And one thing that a lot of the overseas games, uh, even like Free League and whatnot, there it's a different mindset from different countries, and people in North America tend to gobble that stuff up, like hardcore. When you present it in a in a package, they can grab, grab get a hold of. So that might be their best choice, honestly. Pick up pick up a an up and coming title from Lord only knows where, but and run with that. Absolutely. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Wizards of the Coast does with D&D Beyond. I'm excited to see what Fandom does with uh, with their uh, implementation of, of their digital tool sets and everything. If you're excited about uh, either of those, let us know in the comments. Uh, if you uh, would like to see any kind of implementation or changes to either the D&D Beyond or, or uh, any of the Fandom uh, websites that uh, they have put out for their tabletop games, let us know. Yeah, I'm really excited. This this acquisition made a big splash, and uh, I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about it. We'll How much see. did they pay, Doug? 100, 146.3 million. It's a lot of dollars. I love it. I love it. Good cash. Good deal. That's cash. That's like that's, 200 that's million Canadian dollars. We just forked over 146.3 million dollars in just dollar bills. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Well, They're not just big dollar bills. bills. That'd be That'd very be cumbersome. That's right. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you would like, if you like this episode, please hit that like button down below. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. 
We, we really greatly appreciate it. You can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we also do other actual plays and stuff. We've got an actual play coming up in a week from Wednesday where we do another session of uh, The One week. Ring. Yeah, next week. The again. And uh, if anybody is going to uh, PAX East uh, this weekend, uh, make sure to stop by. I would love to see you at the Fridley booth and uh, glad to chat. Oh, and I won't be at PAX East because I'll be at Bangor Comic and Toy Con this weekend. So if you're Ooh, in ah. the Bangor area, come see me. It's at the mall. Wow. All right. So you need to pick which of the hosts you love more. <laughs> well, it's kind of like. Whoever's stranded in northern Maine, you may as well go to the Bangor Mall. There you go. There you go. If you can get to Boston, then by all means, go to PAX East. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. That is our 141st episode of the Chaotic Goodcast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We'll see you all next week. Bye now. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash Gaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much.